welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. I'm your host, Lupna. As you know, if you've listened to any of our other episodes, the Entrepreneur Sushi Club is a weekly podcast where we give you insight into the personality of successful sushi adoring entrepreneurs, showing you that success is all about fun in and with your business without the hustle and the grinding because who needs hard work and I have a very special guest for you this episode I'm really really honored and proud to have her here and I am speaking to the amazing Isabel Banerjee I do hope I pronounced your last name correctly she is your next business strategist and a transformation catalyst. She's a dynamic self-made entrepreneur who overcame obstacles with an unrelenting positive nature and a conscious choice to thrive rather than survive. Who doesn't want that, especially in these interesting times, let's say. Isabel cultivates an award-winning 10 million plus, I'll repeat that, 10 million plus global business and grew it from a dining room table to international boardrooms with her strengths include the ability to initiate and nurture strategic relationships, a love of lifelong learning. I so resonate with that one and a talent for helping others maximize their potential. I resonate with that one with over 50 plus years of business experience across diverse industries. Isabel is respected as an advisor, a coach, a mentor, and an amazing role model. She believes in sharing collective wisdom and empowering others to economic independence. Isabel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lubna. I could hardly sleep last night at the prospect of being here with you today. I love that because you have listened to multiple episodes of our podcast. I do. I consume them just like I would sushi. Like I'm inhaling them because they're just so yummy. And I'm always getting something new and exciting and a lot of surprises like you sometimes do with sushi. Yeah, absolutely. So let's start with one of the most important questions of our podcast. What's your favorite sushi and why? My favorite sushi is actually a sashimi, maguro or toro tuna. But it's hard to have a favorite, really. I guess maybe if there's a triplet there, it would be unagi. And why specifically these three? Well... Texture, color, flavor. Yeah, that's what I love. It's a living life, right? Really getting all your senses involved. Awesome. Isabel, were you born a sushi lover? Oh, hell no. (laughs) Actually, that's the irony. I mean, my mother would be just in heaven going, what are you doing eating raw fish? I was raised on a farm in Western Quebec in Canada, and the obligatory fish was Friday night fish, which I don't know why, because we weren't even Catholic. But fish was Captain Highliner fish sticks. I don't know if you ever were exposed to those, but 
please, I hope that children around the world no longer are being sold this bill of goods that that is a seafood dinner. They were overcooked, dried out, tasteless, sawdusty little bits. And so I convinced myself that I could never love fish in my lifetime. And then adding, you know, more conviction to that was tapioca pudding, where my father thought it was charming to say to us children that those little round balls were fish eyes. That's it. I was done until I was in my mid-30s. What happened then? In my mid-30s, I was, peer pressure is a good thing sometimes. I was having dinner with a new business partner who I admired. He was very sophisticated and worldly and was always, you know, he set an example, a bar for me to sort of raise myself up socially and experientially. And he suggested that we meet at this restaurant, which had, you know, an Asian sounding name, but I didn't give it much thought. And when I walked in to meet him, he was sitting at the sushi bar and I thought, oh, boy, no, oh, no. But with some coaching from him, not only did I experience sushi and go, oh, my gosh, This is nothing like my experience as a child or my expectations. And I managed to make it through that dinner meeting, sort of limping through the chopstick experience. But from then on, I was hooked. I was hooked. Oh, I mean, I can imagine if you go from I never want to eat fish again to Uh experiencing raw fish, which is a leap of faith, to say the least, What did he do specifically in coaching you to even give it a try? I mean, that's a huge leap. I don't recall specifically, but as I say, I kind of really idolized him in terms of his sophistication and worldly experience. And uh, regaled me for quite some time about his stories of fly fishing for salmon. And he just seemed so confident that this was something that I needed to experience in my life and that if I just trusted that I would, in fact, enjoy it. And I did. I really did. I just love that story. I mean, I had sushi yesterday with my three nieces who are two, four and six. And we had just such an amazing experience. Now, the youngest two have always liked sushi. They're more like me. But the eldest, the six-year-old, always said, no, 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 I can't eat sushi. I can't eat sushi. Okay, you don't have to. I mean, there are other things that you and I can do together. It doesn't have to be sushi. But she tried it. And now her favorite is a salmon sushi. And whether that is a nigiri or a maki, it doesn't really matter. So yesterday, and she started with the chopsticks. She was like, no, I don't want a fork. I want the chopsticks. I want to try eating with them. So I love those stories where we can coach people to even give it a try because most people absolutely love it when they do. And I'm just thinking about a new product called Sushi Coaching as we are talking, Isabel. Oh, I think that's a great idea. 
Absolutely. Because, you know, for me, as the Encore Catalyst, it's all about rewriting the scripts, you know, checking in to say, is that story true? Or is that a fairy tale that we've been sold? And are we continuing to live out somebody else's story? So I love the idea of changing up, rewriting a new script that says, Ooh, sushi. That's a fun, cool thing to explore and find my own favorites. Yeah, absolutely. So the goal of our podcast is to introduce the world to sushi adoring entrepreneurs, but more specifically, to give them some insight into their personality. So the next segment of our time together is if you, your personality or character were a sushi, what would the ingredients be? And why? I am so glad you asked. (laughs) You prepared for this one. (laughs) I did because I listened to other episodes and I thought, wow, I love the creativity of these entrepreneurs, of course. And how perfect is this marriage of sushi and entrepreneurs? So I tried to think of what I would be, how my would be represented in sushi. And I knew that it would have to be something that had some sweeter notes, Mm -hmm. because I'm sweet. And also some spiciness, because I'm also spicy. Yeah. And I thought, well, who am I? Well, I'm a Canadian entrepreneur transplanted into the U.S. So what could I bring together that is, you know, sort of a bit of a summation of those parts? And so I came up with a Canadian hand roll or a Canadian tekmaki sushi. Yep. And my idea is, and this is taking the elements of Arizona and Canada, start with the nori. And on that, you know, which is citrusy and spicy kind of combination would be some avocado mashed with a little lime juice and wasabi. So I want to make a canvas, shall Mm -hmm. we say, for Mm -hmm. the hand roll. I'll spread that on there, thin layer. Now, in the meantime, by the way, I forgot to tell you, I was preparing my tuna. My tuna is fine in small strips, marinated in some maple syrup, Maple Ooh. syrup, because I'm Canadian, just a little, and some red pepper flakes. So again, the sweet and the spicy. Nice. Right? All right. Now, while we're preparing the hand roll, we should also be reducing some maple syrup and soy sauce. I think about half and half mm-hmm. and make a reduction Ooh. because I have a reason for that. It's coming up. So we're going to make a little reduction. Let that cool. and. Also, we've cooked some bacon, and we've let that cool and diced it up very finely. So on the nori with the avocado wasabi layer, we're going to put some of that tuna with a little of the maple syrup uh, uh, marinade on it. And then on top of that, we're going to sprinkle some finely diced scallions. And some slivers of Asian pear or Bosch pear. Because I think we need a little crunch, a little coolness to go with this sweet and spicy roll. I'm salivating Uh, here. Okay. And because I love ginger, and I know that ginger is supposed to be kind of between 
the, the, the experiences of sushi, but I love it so much. I want to put just a little of the pickled ginger on the inside before I form the hand roll and then drizzle on the top just a little of our maple syrup reduction. And that is the Canadian hand roll. Wow, you've put in the thought. I mean, besides the bacon, mm-hmm. I would taste that sushi. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you absolutely. All of the ingredients are optional, of course, because we're individuals. Right? Yes. But I love that because it really represents the coolness, but also the softness, but the spiciness. So it's a mixed personality depending on the context, how you show up. All right. Well, if you like it, if your followers would like it, I'd be happy to post that in the Facebook group and uh, let everybody work with it and perfect it to their own nationality, personality sushi. Oh, I love that idea, Isabel. We can really exchange recipes of our personality sushi. I mean, one of the ideas, one of the crazy ideas I had a couple of months ago is to really create a sushi book of personalities. Sign me up. I knew you would be in. I love, love, love it. So this is you. If we make the jump to Encore Catalyst, your business, would you make a change? No, no. It's all unfolding the way it's supposed to be. I've never understood some of the events of my life why, but eventually, you know, you can look in that rearview mirror and go, that's exactly what I needed to experience or learn the connections that I've made, like meeting you earlier this year in COVID. So no, I wouldn't change anything. I would just do more and trust that I am exactly who I am meant to be now. And I'm still working on who I want to become. Yeah, I love that. We've had guests with similar responses. They said, no, my business is a reflection of me. So it has the same Mm -hmm. personality, as well as guests who say, no, my business is a different personality than me. And both is okay. I mean, we're all different. We make our own decisions. So that's absolutely important. For the next part of our time together, Isabel, I would love to dive into your 50 plus years of experience. That is a massive amount of wisdom that I can learn from. And I'm sure you that is listening to this episode right now, or maybe you're watching the video version of our conversation is thinking, wow, we can learn a lot from that. What are some of the, I mean, I tend to ask the top five tips of your experience as an entrepreneur. What would you say? The top five tips. Hmm. Well, I believe very much in collaboration. So never underestimate the power of collaboration and never overestimate your rugged individualism. Hmm. Because as an entrepreneur, I think there's a propensity to want to do it all on our own and drag those boulders up the mountain where it's okay to stop and really reflect. And maybe that'll be a next tip is that Know what your strengths are and focus primarily working from there, as opposed to the educational system of my generation, which focused on what our weaknesses were or what we didn't do well. 
But once you know clearly what your strengths are, and I'm in love with the Gallup's Now Discover Your Strengths, the Strengths Finder. And the day that I got my results from that assessment, I went, I understand now. I understand me. I understand why I'm able to accomplish some things. And I understand why people respond to me. So I've lost track of here, but don't do it all on your own. Collaboration, collaboration, and know your strengths. Lifelong learning is also essential in my mind. We're never done. And we don't have any limits on how much we can learn or what new skills. I mean, here I am, two thirds of a century old, and I've become a podcaster and I have an online business. And if anybody is benefiting from my mess, it's, you know, the reason the Encore Catalyst exists was because of my horrendous identity crisis after selling that eight-figure business that you referred to and waking up going, who what now? am I? <laughs> yeah, who am I? And I suppose always, as in my personal life and my business life, because they are so one and the same, the fifth one would be vitamin G. Cultivate the friendships that will support you to be more of you and never spend any energy around trying to make you less of you. So who is it? Jim Rohn or could be uh, Tony Robbins, I don't know, said that we become kind of the product of the five people that we spend the most time with. I have consciously through my life looked at Who are the friendships and the relationships that I should cultivate and nurture and pay back constantly because the reciprocity is, that's my greatest treasure in my life. And as a result, I also have the lift as you climb movement because that's what we do. We help each other as we are climbing, we are lifting I love that. I think those are amazing tips. I mean, some of them I've personally experienced. I may, even for someone who has my age, I went into the educational system where there was more emphasis on your lower grades than your best grades because they thought, okay, but that's already, you've already got that. Just focus on those things that you're not good at. And I spent so much time, energy and attention on the subjects that I would never become good at or good enough at. I would barely get enough to graduate or to pass the grade and I'm thinking why would you ever put someone into that situation so even I was conditioned to believe we need to focus on those things that we're not good at and build up our weaknesses even in my corporate job in an HR conversation that's what they would focus on not on the things that I did well and really dive into and reflect on but how come you did well and what can you replicate or bring forward towards the future, whether this to upgrade your weaknesses or complement your weaknesses or to become even greater than good enough. So I think that's a really, really important aspect. And I love that you shared collaborations because I think that there's enough for all of us. And as we can connect and collaborate more. We really lift as we climb. We can really grow together. I mean, one of the things that I use is I want to be surrounded by people who are as invested in my success as I am 
or maybe even a little bit more because they can see something that I can't see. So that is really important. I do have a question and that is, but how do you know how to collaborate with other people? So, I mean, I'm sure that someone is listening right now and thinking, yeah, I've tried that, but it didn't really work. The other one benefited more from the collaboration than I did. Well, how do I summarize my thoughts on that? I guess it goes a bit back to I'm very much connected to the five tips because knowing your own strengths and knowing what really charges you, lights you up, gives you joy and being able to stay in that greatest area of your own contribution while having cultivated that network of other women, men, you know, friends, colleagues, business associates that have a vested interest in your success, recognizing that they are benefiting and growing with you at the same time would be certainly one way. And being open, I mean, there's just no doubt that sometimes I can give myself really bad advice on what is the priority and miss something standing right there beside me. So being open to it and recognizing that perhaps you will have to test a theory, an opportunity, and go a little ways into it. And if you're not feeling in your gut that really this is benefiting both of you ultimately, then, you know, as we say, put on your big girl panties and say, thanks for the opportunity. I wish you well, but I'm going to pursue some other avenues. My friend Lee Woodward has a wonderful saying that opportunities are not like pie. You don't run out. (laughs) And so the opportunities to collaborate are limitless. Choosing the ones that immediately support where you want to go may be the harder thing to do if you have that open mind or that other people are there to support you and grow together, not to take your pie, not to compete against you, not to steal your ideas. I love that. And I think it's so important. It does require you to be very clear on your projects and your goals and your dreams so that someone else can really say, okay, if if that is what you want to achieve, this is what I can contribute. Or you can say, well, this is what I'm looking for in terms of support or help to help me move forward on this. So the more clear you are, the easier it will be to collaborate and to have a collaboration be successful. And I love that you shared connect with many people and cultivate those relationships with people that you can support and who can support you on your journey. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we kind of have a vision of where we want to go, refining that map along the way. But it should be pretty clear to you what skills or resources that you don't immediately have and who around you could you invite in and talk about how working together would help you both climb and exponentially create success faster. Oh, exponential, one of my other favorite words, which we share in common. Yeah. And that's to me what it is. It's doing the work of course, because all that wishing and hoping and praying is only good for a song, but doing the work and moving forward and stopping periodically to measure progress is essential. Mm, I love that. Well, Isabel, thank you so very much. I believe you have a gift you want to share with our audience. 
I will. And it's perfectly aligned with our topic is talking about cultivating relationships and really nurturing those and growing together through the pandemic, it's been very challenging for a lot of relationships. I mean, it's just thrown us, many of us into new opportunities, but also new challenges. So I've created a friendship health checkup. And this is going to work perfectly in professional relationships as well as personal relationships. It really will help you to take stock of who are the friends in your life now Who are the friends that showed up for you through difficult times? Who are the friends who did not? Why is that? And why does that surprise you? And who are the new relationships that you have created through this challenging time? And it's a great tool to be able to frame it all in front of you and help you decide if you need to make some changes So I offer that. It's easy to get it. It's free and it's a URL, www.myencorefriends.com. I love that. Thank you so very much. And I'm looking forward to seeing and hearing of the experiences with this tool from our audience. And Isabel, for those that are listening to this episode or watching the video version, if they want to connect with you, how can they best connect with you? I would love it if they join me at the Lift As You Climb Movement Facebook group. It's a good opportunity there to hang out with like-minded people and share ideas for lifting each other and climbing together. Awesome. Well, thank you, Isabel, for being on the show. It was so much fun. Yay. <laughs> and for you that is listening, we have come to the end of another episode of the Entrepreneur Sushi Club podcast. We would love to know what has been your biggest insight or takeaway from the conversation with Isabel. Do take a moment and share this with us in our community on Facebook called the Entrepreneur Sushi Club. You can find Isabel in this community and connect with her there and ask her any questions that might have come up as you are listening. We will add the link to this community in the description with this episode alongside the links to connect with Isabel and to get her free gift. If you know someone who can benefit from listening to this episode, please do share it with them. The more the merrier. And for now, have an amazing day and I'm looking forward to seeing you on the next episode. Bye. Bye-bye.